Are you a solopreneur with branding questions? Do you have shiny object syndrome and want to do it all? Are you having a hard time connecting the dots of your life branded business? You said yes to any of these questions. GCB is inviting you to be a featured guest on an ABA or Ask Grandma Anything episode. This is like a free 45 minute brand coaching session, except it's shared with the world. If you want answers specific to your brand building journey, click the link in the description to apply. Hey, brand babies. This is the Brand Moss House podcast with your host, the ghetto country grandmother. In Brand Moss House, it's all about the business of one. It's a place where shiny object chasing solopreneurs who want a scalable brand can find some love. She's dedicated to nurturing them so they become brand leaders instead of being stuck as a brand. So come on in and hold on to your bourbon because Grandma is about to spill the tea. Hey, sweethearts, it's your ghetto country grandmother. And today, you know, I got a new house guest. I, I'm coming with it, y'all. And I love this person. He is such a fabulous person and a great presentation person. So this is Ilya. I'm, I promise you. See, I can say it in my head, but Jessica. <laughs> I'm with Ilya. And he is he is here today because you know what? Grandma got babies. That's all. That's all I can say. But Ilya, come on and introduce yourself. Tell us who you are, what you do. And then we're going to jump into this conversation. Yeah, hello, and so nice to be here with you today, Phyllis, and thank you, Brahma, for having me in the Brahma's house today. Yes. Um, I'm Ilya. I run a company called The Presentation Designer, and I've been working on my own business now for, it'll be starting my 14th year in April. Mm-hmm. Um, I help thought leaders and speakers to create impactful presentations um, to 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 drive positive change for the health and well-being of the planet. That's what I do. And I've been doing that for a decade now, presentation design. So uh, yeah, it's been it's been a fun journey so far. A fun journey so far. Okay. <laughs> Tell me about the not so fun part. Well, I think with any business, um, like you know, with freelancing, especially when you're on your own, mm-hmm. and obviously um I know you work with a lot of solo entrepreneurs and mm-hmm. kind of that's what I would describe myself as right now. Um it's it's the challenges that you're only one person. So um you 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 have your own thoughts, your own ideas and Sometimes your plans work and you try something and you learn from your own mistakes and your own failures. And it, that is a real hard thing, I think, is, is is taking that responsibility on your own and trying to figure it out. And it, that's the hard thing, I think, is figuring it out on your own. <laughs> <laughs> like somebody tell me something. <laughs> yeah, the, that's it. Looking for the divine light to yeah, give you the guidance. It's like, oh my goodness, I'm out here twisting in the wind and nobody tells me if it's right or wrong unless I have thousands of dollars. <laughs> but it's it's one of the things that that I noticed when you put the, put um, your information in is that you want to be known as authority, as mm. an authority, I'm sorry. And I bring that up because a lot of people want that, but they don't know how to get it. Mm. But here's the question. Why do you want to be an authority and what do you want to be an authority about? About pre- Yeah. Go ahead. I mean, I I, I think with I think you've 
you've hit the nail on the head for for a lot of freelancers um you know you're often doing client work um you know you've got you've got your own network of people that you work with your mm-hmm. projects that you take on but also you you want some you want some opportunity to be paid to think as well for your ideas um do some maybe some consulting do some workshops um also speak at events and i think the, the 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 difficulty for me is from what i've seen is that the 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 people who do get invited to speak at events who um who who take that step forward obviously is they take action in terms of positioning their own personal brand to be an authority but mm-hmm. also their content their messaging they maybe they write a book um all these types of things and i think also for a lot of freelancers and this is this is a big thing for me it's that imposter syndrome you know it's the self-confidence self-belief to take that step forward put yourself in the limelight and to share your knowledge um you know with a wider audience and you know be proud of your achievements too as well I think we some of us don't give ourselves enough credit for what we've done um, I was gonna say baby you said you've been rocking this game for 14 years and doing this the last 10 how can you still have imposter syndrome around this <laughs> Explain that to me. I mean, it's, um, I think that's, I mean, it's a definitely speaking to other creatives. I think that a lot of, a lot of creatives can sympathize because I know a lot of people have that. Um, it's something I've worked on. I mean, this, this last year, I think I've got a lot better at it. I mean, doing this mm-hmm. with you, this is a good example of, you know, uh, taking that comfort blanket off and <laughs> just having some fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think also just, you know, it's it, it's one of those things. I think it's down to the individual, um, you know, there's certain things that people have to overcome. For me, I've always doubted myself um, because of certain things that happened to me when I was younger. I got bullied in school. So that took me a lot of time to rebuild that confidence up in yes. myself. And especially as an adult, I found it even harder. So um, it's just something that I've done over time. And I think having that self-belief is important, especially if you do want to, you know, put your name out there more, do yeah. do more things like this. Okay. So uh, again, I, back to the original question, what do you want to be an authority in? Is it about presentations? Is, is it within an industry? What do you want to be mm. an authority about? Well, I think right now, I mean, I would say that I'm I've got my expertise in in presentation design and that's something I have a lot of knowledge and experience about. But I mean, the wider picture, I definitely want to be known for sort of visual communication um, and and looking to teach people more about storytelling and how to use their stories to transform them into visuals. Because that's that's what I do for Mm -hmm. the people I work with. I take their ideas, their story, and transform that into visuals uh, for their audience. Uh huh. Okay. So when when we're talking about you being this this authority in that industry, how do you think that looks? Who do you know that's already an authority on this particular thing that you do? Um, I would say like if I was gonna name an author or somebody I look up to, I'd say Nancy. Do you know Nancy Tuarte? Have you heard I of her? I do before? not. Is she in the same industry though? Or the same Yeah, field? so like okay. presentation, visual communication. She did a TED talk um and she's written a few books on um on presentation story. Uh one of the ones that I really like was called Slideology. Um and there's another there's another 
uh, author that I first read when I got into this industry. He's mm-hmm. a chap called Gar Reynolds, and he wrote a book called Presentation Zen. That was my first kind of intro into my industry and to mm-hmm. kind of learn about who's 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 knowledgeable in this space. So those two, I would use an example okay. as two people I admire. Okay, so you want to be known in this industry as like a master presenter of some kind, but around storytelling. Yeah, around like visual communication and and storytelling. So wider than just because some people would say if they knew me, they would say, you know, they they would say that Ilya knows a lot about PowerPoint. But it's I think PowerPoint's more is more to it than that because it's a secretary of PowerPoint. Yeah. And um, I look at it as a, a visual communication tool. So okay. um, it's more than just a design tool itself. I think it can it can be great for getting your message across, great for ideas um, and creative thought process as well. So, um, yeah, I'm trying to differentiate myself from just PowerPoint tips, if that makes sense. Okay, so if we're going to to make you distinct in this industry, what do you think makes you distinct? And I don't want you to just concentrate on your work. I want you mm. to tell me what makes Ilya unique just as a person. What do you think that is? A good thing, a bad thing, something. It's a great, great question. Um, let me have a think. Um, I would say if I was to to tap into what makes me unique, and that's it's a hard question. <laughs> <laughs> I I would say it was it's probably because I I like to lift people up. So okay. I want to help empower people and make them feel good about themselves. So I guess that's what I would say makes my my own kind of uh, way of doing things unique, if you will. See, okay. First of all, empowerment is very basic. Everybody and their mama using power. So we're going to throw that <laughs> in the trash already. <laughs> But the other thing is, it's. I think when I ask you the question, you're still thinking about work. And I know mm. we all, there are a ton of us out here who want to lift people up and all that. And I mm. think that's why there are so many entrepreneurs and solopreneurs. But mm. there's something unique that is attractive about Ilya. When someone starts talking to you or the friends that you have, there's a reason why they like you. It's a quirk. It's a thing. It's something you say. What do you? What do you? What do you think that is? What makes people attracted to you when you're having a conversation? Mm, yeah, it's great, great question, deep question. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, um, yes, it's, it's 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 always hard to put the kind of the looking glass back on yourself. I'm not the best at looking at my own self, uh-huh. but I would say if I was being, you know, say like what my friends might say, um, they would probably say like I'm very caring, you know. I'm, I'm a good friend, loyal friend. Um, I'm always there for people if they need me. Um, try and um, help out wherever I can. Um, so yeah, I would say like I'm I'm a good friend to people, like okay. a supportive friend. Okay, we still need to go a little deeper. Okay, right? <laughs> so it, you're a good friend, but there is something that attracts those friends. Mm. what do you think do you have a girlfriend boyfriend whatever yeah I've I've got I've got a partner I live with yeah uh, okay so when you when you threw your game down on your partner when you tried to attract this person tell me tell me tell me about that Ilya <laughs> tell me oh, that smooth talker <laughs> <laughs> now we're getting into 
um i i would say um i don't know um i just say like you know with me um i'm kind of an oddball in the sense that i'm just you know i'm in my own world a lot of the time okay. um i've kind of got a unique personality in the sense that just i tend to do things my own way where somebody look at it like i wouldn't do it that way you've come up with a unique solution <laughs> to do it that way but um you know i guess just the wider aspect like if i you know if i say like to my partner um you know she she would say that i'm you know she often calls me her rock um and um i mean probably what attracted her to me is just kind of like my happy-go-lucky self really <laughs> okay so what about tell me about this eyeball thing what makes you an eyeball <laughs> i don't know i just you know i'm just a bit <laughs> wacky sometimes i'm just a bit wacky you know so i sing i sing songs to my friends you know like leave, leave little song voicemails and odd Get little out. things like that see now we're getting to the ilia of it all <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> So being this this eyeball makes you attractive to people. And and we especially when you're a business of one, when you're being a solopreneur, we try and find ways to fill gaps. And it's not about filling the gap right now. It's because you're not that big of a company. So you're not trying to take up space where where bottom line is the only thing. Yes, we want to make our money, but it's like, where am I right now? Where I can show up most comfortably. And mm. so being that oddball. I think for you is something that you can lean into that eyeball presenter or something of that nature, because you want to be able to tell a story from a certain perspective. And especially mm -hmm. with you talking about visual, um, I'm sorry, what did you call it? Um, visual communication. Mm -hmm. So if you're able to bring something that seems kind of oddball, but magical or oddball, but oh my God, I did not see this coming. I think that's something that you can lean into and and that's what makes it most distinctive because the thing about it is even if you have a basic business name and yours is not basic I love the 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 um the presentation designer Thank so you. it's not really basic but the but because it's not known on a a larger scale we have to find a way to get eyeballs on that and you are the mm. way to get eyeballs on that so mm -hmm. the thing that that I tell my clients, it's like, what can we lean into that you can stand 10 toes down in? Something that that doesn't necessarily cause you shame, something that you overcome. Like I said, ghetto country is, is it actually used to be a very sensitive thing for me. And I thought it, it I, I looked at it negatively. I'll put it like that. And so I had to take back the power of that. So being ghetto country, being raised hood adjacent by a country mama, I had to take ownership of that and, and use it for myself. And so when we think about these things, we're so, so prone to look at the competition and see what they are, what aren't they doing? So we, mm. whatever we're doing, somebody else is already doing it. I'm sorry. They just are. So the most unique thing about it is you, but telling them that I'm Ilya, the founder of a present, uh, the, what is it? I'm sorry. I keep, I keep wanting to say it backwards. Presentation designer and all of that, that's very basic. And if you want to be that authority and you want to be known for that thing, there's something that you have to come out with that you can come out with comfortably. And mm. so being that eyeball pre presenter or that eyeball designer 
and being able to have a story behind that. And even when you're like, if you talk about doing a keynote or doing presentations, one of the eyeball things that you do is, you know what? I sing. So if you just sung like three words, that's something that that is part of Ilya. Nobody mm. else is going to come out here and sing these three words to you and and talk and then turn it into a presentation. Mm. And there's something magical about the way that you do what you do. And it's like, you know what? Tell me something eyeball. And so you also get to extract certain things from your clients that seems odd to them. Mm. And it's like, let's turn this oddity and turn it into this, this visual thing that we can make magic out of. And so you get to own it and you get to build a world around it. And that is what separates you. It is not about distinction between who all is in this world. You, the two people that you told me about before, they've already established themselves. And so now they have made a name for themselves. They don't really need something that is going to catapult them in front of thousands of people. You're still at a level where you need that that forward motion. You need something that's going to like, hey, I'm over here. And like you said, you don't want to just do presentation tips. So what else can you bring to the game? And I think that's where a lot of people get stuck. It's like, let me just talk about what I do. But there's more behind what you do than just giving tips. It's like, if I if I was going to, if there was an odd thing about this, I would say that it's this. You can tell people, like, I just found something odd in your presentation. And that's how you begin to, to dissect. You look for the oddities. And it's not, I'm just looking for mistakes. You know what? This is just kind of odd. And you get to take ownership of that word. And so to be that person that now comes out and does, you know what? I'm going to do an odd presentation for you. And so you get to do a workshop on, you know what? These are some of the odd things that you can put in that make this magic. You can start doing presentations around that whole thing. So being odd is not a bad thing. And it's, and it's fun to you. Tell me, mm. tell me, tell me more about, about being an oddball. Well, yeah, I mean, it's just, I guess, think differently is another word I would use. Cause do you know, um, you know, when you go to, if you've been before, I'm sure you've had experiences of going to these networking events where you get like a, a sort of five minute introduction mm -hmm. and, um, and in the room, we were all sat around this table and everyone did their usual introduction. Most people sat down and they said, hello, I'm so-and-so from mm -hmm. XYZ company. I I do this and we do we do this. And, you know, just thinking differently, what I did is I decided to stand up, like push my chair in, stand up. Everyone was sat down during the, the you know, around this like kind of round mm -hmm. table. Mm -hmm. And then, first of all, I introduced myself in Japanese because I was studying <laughs> Japanese at the time. So I wanted any opportunity to practice. So, you know, people looking at me like, why is this guy introducing himself in Japanese? And we're, you know, we're in a UK networking event. <laughs> and um, I just thought it was a way to, you know, for me, obviously to show um, my personality, but just obviously be a bit different because, you know, I didn't want to do some stock um answer and say you know uh, you know just keep it really um on point and just not you know just that st standard reply to to what what we do um what your business does i wanted to just really kind of cut through cut through the noise and stand out a bit more and also because mm -hmm. that's just me that's the way i think i don't even think 
I just want to have, um, you know, want to be myself really. Yeah. And so, um, that, that led when I, when I was doing some more networking in this, uh, kind of group, I did another presentation where again, I started a presentation, first couple of slides in Japanese, introducing myself, just, you know, just to be a bit different and mm-hmm. again, showcase something about me that wasn't just work, you know, I'm, yeah. I was, I was really passionate about, uh, Japan at the time. And I wanted to share that love with people. Like I like sharing my, um, uh, passions as well, like what I'm into. Um, so yeah, so it's just like, you know, you go to these events and there's, there's always the the same, you see the same kind of patterns. And yeah. I, I looked at that pattern and I was like, I, I want to break that pattern. I don't want to follow that pattern. That's one of the reasons why I work for myself. Cause um, when I was working for, you know, other people, I found that a challenge. Um, and, um, you know, I always, I kind of want to think differently and think outside the box. And, um, and, and that's kind of what's put, pushed me anyway into doing my own thing. Cause, uh, you know, I, I like to think, I like to think outside, you know, <laughs> outside the, the norm. And there's another one. And <laughs> like when we, especially when we're talking about personal branding, when you're deciding that you're going to own certain things about yourself and you seem very comfortable when you're in an audience or when you're in a crowd, but you now want to get paid for that, that type of thinking. So even one of the things that you said just struck my ear is like Ilya unboxed. And so being that out of the box person and being able to, and it, and it sounds better than being the eyeball just from the, from a, auditory perspective but Ilya unboxed it's like how can we unpack some of these things and it, it it you get to unpack and you get to unbox certain things about yourself because like you said you like to showcase certain parts of yourself it's not that you have to share all of it but it's about sharing some of it it's like okay this is what I unbox when I'm on stage versus what I unbox when I'm when I'm being that creative person and so when you when you talk about these things and and say if you're you're doing something live say if you're doing a linkedin live or you're doing an instagram live and all that so now you begin to you begin to talk about this is Ilya unboxed and you get to lead into something that that you're able to unpack and it's not just about a tip but let's actually unpack this thing about when you put a presentation together what does it look like what does it do what is it supposed to do how are people supposed to feel are you unpacking all of the shit that you're supposed to be taking out of this thing and so being able to be that person and being able to, to be recognized as Ilya Unboxed instead of just your last name, then it begins to create some interest. It's like, okay, what is he unboxing? And the fact that that it goes into the, the design, pre, the um, presentation designer, it's how do you unpack a design or how do you unpack a presentation? And mm. so when you're, say, even if you're you're talking to a potential client, I'm sorry, even if you're talking to a potential client and you're saying, you know what, let's unbox this conversation. And so now you're having this conversation of what they want in their presentation, because you know what, I got it. You're talking about getting paid for your thinking. So yeah, I got to pull everything out the box to see how we're going to do this. And so you get to, to be this person that helps people unpack a, a very specific thing for a very specific presentation mm. and just owning that part of it. And so it it lends itself to your authority in that in that way without having to say, oh, I just do presentations. 
Yes, you're a presentation designer, but I do more than that. I unpack all of the things. It's like, okay, and once we unpack it, now we got to put it back right. I can, You can give me 50 things and I only need 10, but I got to see all 50 so I know what 10 to put back into this presentation. So being able to, to hook someone and engage with them based on the, you know what, Ilya unpacked, then it hits different than just saying, you know what, I'm a presentation designer. I help so-and-so and so-and-so. But then now when you talk about the audience that, that you want, when you talk to that specific audience, say if it's nonprofits, I help nonprofits unpack and tell them what you unpack. I help them unpack um, better donors, bigger donations, um, better seed money. I That's what I help unpack. Because your, like you say, your presentations are for people that are trying to get at something. So when you start to pull all of these things out, okay, you talk about being different. Oh, I didn't think of that. Oh, wow, that's crazy. And it's all because you unpack something. Does that make sense? Does that hit for you? Yeah, I love that, Phyllis. I mean, that's really insightful in just in terms of like the connection of thinking outside the box to unpacking mm -hmm. And what the, you know, what makes a presentation, um, you know, the secret source of it, if you will, and then putting all those ingredients back into the box to make the magic happen. So, I mean, I like it. It's really, really cool. And, um, and yeah, something I might have a look at exploring because I like the idea of um, <laughs> Ilya Unboxed. <laughs> it's a cool name for a podcast. I, definitely. I know, right? And that, that's what was singing in my head too. But it's in, and for me, I want to see people be comfortable with what they're doing. So it's not that imposter syndrome yeah. and there's not this, this thing. And we've been doing this shit for years. So why do I still feel uncomfortable when I go out here? Mm -hmm. Because there's something missing. And usually the thing that, that we feel like is missing is actually us trying to fill, fill the gaps. Mm. It's like, let me stop trying to fill the gaps and let me find a piece of me that I can give to these people. Y'all can't have all of me. This is for my partner, my parents and whoever. But mm. this is a piece of me that I can give to this situation. So yeah. this is the unboxed. This is Ilya unboxed in this mode. Now, uh, partner over here, she gets the eyeball. <laughs> <laughs> the friends get the eyeball. But you guys get the unpacked version of how I do this and how I do it well. Yeah. And so when you, whenever you decide that, that, you know what, I'm going after a client. You know what? I was looking at something and I'm glad you like, if you tell them, I was, I'm so glad you reached out to me because I was unboxing some things as I looked at what you were, what you were asking. I looked at your questions and I had to start, you know, unboxing some shit because I have questions. And because you have those questions, again, this leads to you being the authority because being, being that person that gets paid for your thinking, sweetie, you got to ask all the questions. Mm -hmm. And I think you have those questions and especially when, with what you do. Because people, I, I promise you, I, I have I own it all the time. I do not do pretty shit. Oh my goodness. <laughs> but watching you and someone like you in your industry and in your field, in order for you to be seen more um on a larger scale, there has to be something other than your name attached to it. And that's not saying that you have to be Ilya Unboxed forever, but it's like in, in order to create that brand awareness for your company. Sweetie, you have to you have to find some way to hook people. 
Mm-hmm. And like you said, those boring ass people that you go to these events with, they sit around the table. Hi, they, they're a fucking big ass, you know, what? red. Hello, I am tag. Instead of just, you know, what? how can I how can I bring some of me to this game? Because we bring the professional and I hate the word professional because people, I think they use it wrong. <laughs> but we bring this thing into the room and we feel like we got to hand out cards to everybody. We're, it's mm. a numbers game. Yeah. It's trying to, you know what, let me, somebody's going to call me back. Somebody's going to need me, mm-hmm. but to just walk in and, and I'm, I'm, I'm of the mind that a personal brand, a named personal brand is better than a business card because it's highly unlikely that you're going to forget Ilya unboxed. And it's not that your, your, your last name is common where you are, but people just tend to forget names. Yeah. But if you associate. Go ahead. My last name doesn't help, but that's what I was going to say. But it's tricky. (laughs) It's a tricky one. It's very tricky. I've been called all sorts of variations of that last name. I actually, it's quite simple in in my in native Serbian. It actually means witch, as in, you know, um, the kind of spell casting (laughs) witchcraft type thing. So you know that's something I haven't played into either, like the idea of which. Um, but um, yeah, it's it's something I could do. But yes. yeah, it's it's not an easy name to pronounce. So I forgive people for it. Um, <laughs> so if if you were to if you were to lean into this, what do you think it would look like for you? Yeah, I mean, definitely just what you said earlier, like kind of tapping into what makes you you in terms of like the people you attract in your life, your friends, your family, like how they describe you. I think this whole idea you touched on it earlier about, you know, um, it's a numbers game sometimes when you're in those situations. But I think also we're conditioned, like you go through school, university, if you get the opportunity to go that you have to act a certain way in the in the business world. You have to act and dress a certain way. I fell into that trap when I, I remember when I first got my job, first job I was, you know, wearing a tie and shirt and stuff. And it, was, it felt very constricted. You know, <laughs> I didn't feel like I could be myself myself mm-hmm. in that environment. Um, and I think obviously, you know, the last few years have helped in terms of transitioning a lot of people working from home um, or having more flexibility from the office. Um, and also dress codes have changed um, somewhat. And I think that that's definitely helped. But there still is that stigma, I think, about acting a certain way and not being able to like fully express yourself like you yeah. would. Oh, almost like not holding something back, but just it's you know like you said you can't give them everything about yourself because yeah. you have to hold yeah. something back for your your family and friends yeah. but just being having that freedom to play with your own personal self expression without the fear of you know being saying oh well that's not very professional or you shouldn't really say that in a business context you know i think i think that's what i take away from from that in terms of just having it fun and exploring your personality and seeing seeing having that playfulness about it seeing what you know what what things could work for you in terms of how you approach things and i like the idea of unboxing um and thinking outside the box so i'm definitely going to have a think about that and see see what thoughts appear because yeah. the the thing about and i'm a big fan of two-word branding but the thing about it is that it does not have to be like like I say mine is ghetto country grandmother but it's also empathic bitch um, and that that whole thing that goes with that, 
but you want to give people a reason to talk to you. You want to give people a reason to watch you. Like even if, if you're doing a presentation of your own, of what it means to be the, the, the presentation designer. And now these presentations, things are coming out of boxes left and right. Or even as you said, um, in doing a podcast, you know, Ilya unboxed, what is this about the presentation world and doing YouTube? You, YouTube is all about unboxing, hmm. but then to actually attach that to your name, that puts you in a different mind frame than, than um, Ilya Vajestica. Got it. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it, it puts you in it. It puts Ilya in a different mind frame that when you're Ilya unboxed, it's like, okay, now I'm in this mode. Mm -hmm. When I'm the ghetto country grandmother, you'll see me probably with my hat, a cigar, some bourbon, something like that. And so it just gets me in that vibe, in that mood. It's like, you know what? This is not mom mode. This is not Phyllis mode. This is not wifey mode. This is ghetto country grandmother. So let's get some shit done because I am that business mom. And so being able to, to get into that frame of mind, it's like, even if, if like for me, it's eight o'clock in the morning, I'm like, I don't start working with nobody at eight o'clock in the morning. But to get into that mind frame, go grab, grab your glasses, go get your hat, grab your coffee and get into GCB mode. And the thing of, the thing about it for me is that it's not about, you know what, flipping all these switches and I got to do something different. No, it's just a frame of mind. This is still Phyllis. It's just this version of Phyllis when she's in in her personal brand versus when I get to be business Phyllis where I'm all about my money. So you get to be Ilya unboxed when you're doing this thing. And so when I had a conversation with Matthew um, and we were talking about his personal brand. And one of the things that I talked about with him being a photographer is like, if you're going to be that photographer, sweetie, when you're doing a presentation, you need, and especially when it talks about inclusion, you need to have that camera in your hand and the mic in one hand and the camera in the other. And we're talking about how, how through the lens of certain things, Inclusion is this, that, and the other. Who's not included in this photo? And so with, with you, if you're doing a presentation or a workshop or whatever, it's like, what are you pulling out this box today? What does your presentation look like? How much money is left in the box because you didn't do your presentations correctly? Because you didn't ask the right questions or put it in the right frame of reference. There's so much money left in this box. And so you get to have all these different conversations around that. And because it is still Ilya, there's just, you know what? It's just this version of Ilya. Mm. So it, it it hits different. Does that make yeah. sense? It definitely hits different because I think, you know, I, I've explored my own tone of voice and writing because one of the things I did when I joined our mutual group that we're in uh, the future pro group mm -hmm. um, at the start of the year, I started writing and the, f the first few weeks was so hard. Cause I was like, what do I write about? Who mm -hmm. do I write for? Um, what do I even talk about? Like, what have I, what kind of stories can I tell? And um, you know, I had to kind of do some soul searching for mm -hmm. the first few weeks to try and figure out like what I want to share. And I think writing regularly definitely helps, but, what you're challenging me to do, and I really appreciate you for it, Brahma, is that it go deeper, go yeah. deeper than that. Like take the veil off that first set of ideas that you had and challenge yourself to to go deeper. Like what does that really mean? And how does that apply to like a deeper sense of yourself? Because I think that's 
you know that's probably where the the real magic happens in terms of building your personal brand and getting it to be recognizable that i think that's that's the key as well like you know i think i've been working on it but maybe what i've probably been missing out on in some some sometimes is that i haven't made that connection back to myself uh, how that can stick in terms of remembering you know like as you as you coined it um me unpacking things from my out the box thinking yeah so uh, and I, I like that you know I really I really like that and I think again for you know maybe I can ask you like just so we can have an idea about it but why do you think freelancers particularly like solo entrepreneurs why do you think they struggle so much with differentiating themselves from like other freelancers out there, other competitions. Obviously, a lot of us are competing against bigger agencies with teams of people. Um, so I believe personal brand is the thing that you've got that separates you from those companies rather than, say, niching or going too niche on something. That helps, of course, but I think personal brand is is a bigger, better investment. Um, so let's get into that. Why do you think, like, because I'd, I'd like to know maybe from my own point, but... Mm-hmm it seems to be a common thread that a lot of freelancers struggle to kind of um, separate themselves from, from that kind of their own freelance brand or name. I think there's a couple of reasons because, because I want to say to a certain extent, um, companies like Fiverr and Upwork take advantage of people who don't know how to market themselves um, and they limit their pricing and so forth. But at the same time, it gets them the experience. But the thing the thing that a lot of people have to get away from when you're trying to create a name for yourself and you're trying to do these things, there's something you have to start tooting your own horn. And a lot of people are uncomfortable with that. I had a conversation with Chris about this and how you have all this experience. But because we've been taught, oh, don't brag. Oh, see, you're 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 being arrogant. You're being this. But when you, when you, especially when you're a business of one, it's not about being arrogant, but it's about being courageous enough to say, you know what, I'm over here doing this work, but, and, and it's about not necessarily looking at the competition. Yes, they're out there. There are a bunch of people that do what you do, a bunch of people that do what I do, but how I do it is not how you do it. I don't do purpose, vision, and mission, um, all that kind of stuff. When I talk about branding, I do code camp and play, and it's my own process. Because even leaning into the fact of being a um, a life coaching brand strategist and because I work with solopreneurs and it's to get to that, let's understand this whole thing. Let's get your life together first before we put it out here on display. And it's when we look at all of these other people who have already made a name for ourselves, a name for themselves, especially when um, one of the things I tell people to stop doing, stop doing so much follow for follow, especially with people who are in your industry. Because what you end up with is a feed full of folks doing the same thing. And it's like, you see all this competition. Mm -hmm. And so it may be a thousand people that you're following that do the same thing, but that's a thousand people out of billions. But we see this thousand. And so now we think the market is saturated and everything is noisy and everybody's regurgitating the same shit because you're following all the same gurus. There's some way that at some point you're going to have to start separating yourself. And part of that separation comes from, okay, but who am I? So there has to be a level of self-awareness of, yes, I have the education. Yes, I have the skill and the talent. 
but now I have to start talking about this thing. Mm. And if you look at it from the perspective of, you know what, I'm just stating facts and they don't have to be dry ass facts. Hell, I'm good. I did. No, we're not talking about that kind of deal. <laughs> but there needs to there there needs to be you probably at the beginning, you start off with courage and you get to confidence. It's like, how can I be courageous enough to say this thing? Mm -hmm. So now when you start talking to people, when Ilya gets out here and he does this thing on LinkedIn, you know what? I'm going to unpack a story that got me here. So when we talk about your origin story or your transformational moment or your defining moment, these are three basic stories that everybody should have. How am I unpacking these stories? What part of this story am I unpacking? What's relevant? Because you want to be able to tie it back to your business. You don't want to just be telling stories to be telling stories. If there's this relevant family story of why you do what you do in your business, then that's a story you tell. That other one where you're being freaky deaky, no, we don't need to know that one. <laughs> but getting people to to at the freelancer stage and the, the solopreneur stage, what I tell them, first of all, side hustles as well. If you're going to make money at this thing, stop calling it those things. Just say, I have a business. I'm not a freelancer. I have a business because I think that when people hear the word freelancer, they think they can discount you. They think yeah. they, can, they can pay you less. And it's like, how am I any less deserving? I'm getting the same amount of work done. I might even do it faster because I don't have a whole lot of red type, tape. So why mm. do you want to pay me less? And so when, when I'm looking for freelancers and then they want to pay you by the hour, I don't charge by the hour. I charge by the project. Oh, well, that's more than we want to pay. Then I'm not the one that you want. But is I think as a, as a whole, freelancers have to start standing up for, you know what? I'm not a freelancer. This is my business. This is my agency. I don't care if it's an agency of one because I know how to go out and contract and get the thing done. I know how to come in mean and lean. That doesn't mean I'm cheap and easy. Two different things. So taking on that mindset of, you know what? Let me handle my business. I'm not, no, I'm not a freelancer. No, I'm not a side hustler. I'm handling my business. When I coached kids before, because I used to talk about teenpreneurs using their gift, talents, and abilities to monetize before college. Sweetie, when you walk into a room full of, of adults as a teenager, you have to make sure that they respect you as a business owner. You have to come with your game, your game face on. And it's not a pretend thing. If you're confident enough to step in the room, then you're confident enough to have the conversation. And you have to, you have to make sure that people respect you. If someone dismisses you as a kid, then you know what? I, I will never do business with you. I'm that mean person. I'm like, once I cut you off, I'm done. I'm good. <laughs> That's just me. But if, if a person steps to you, respect their game. I don't care about their age. If they're stepping to you as a fellow business owner, don't dismiss that. And so when, when, when you talk about freelancers, freelancers need to do the same thing. Sweetie, get out of your head that you're a freelancer. Get out of your head that, that you know what, you deserve freelancer money. Understand that you you have a business. And whether you scale that business to a business of many, or you stay as a business of one, you have to respect your business enough to say, you know what? No, I don't want freelancer money. I want agency money, even if I am an agency of one. And so you get to own that space. 
And you get to stand up and say, you know what? I'm right here. Yes, I can mm. do that. Now you don't have the same overhead. So your prices may be a little less than, than a full ass agency. You may charge 50,000 where the agency with, with 10 or 20 people is going to charge a hundred grand. They have to factor in all the other staff and all the other bills that they have. You don't have all those bills. So that's why yours is less, but it's not hourly money. No. So just understanding, like I said, when you said that you've been rocking this game for uh, the last 10 years, you've been doing this and still have imposter syndrome. And like I said, it's because you're looking at all these other bigger agencies and these bigger companies and thinking that, okay, what do they have that I don't? Or there's some type of comparison there that should not be. Mm -hmm. If anything, it should be aspirational. It should not be envy of any kind. It's just like, how am I going to, how am I going to get to that level? When we talk about branding, branding is about closing gaps. If you set certain goals and parameters for what it is that you're scaling to, then sweetie, that's your focus. It's not trying to, I'm not trying to beat the competition. I'm going at my pace. And so being able to own that, that at, at a business of one, I, I like being a business of one. If that's who you are, own that. But with the understanding that you don't get to treat me like a freelancer and pay me freelancer by the hour dollar money, money. Does that make, does that hit? Yeah. I mean, I, I hear you with the, I've never liked the word freelancer. It's not something I've described myself as I've always probably said, um, used business owner or solopreneur, but, um, I I guess these are all labels that we create through social media and things, but the, Mm -hmm. the the way, the reason why I don't like the word freelancer, and I think you tapped, uh, you, you, you tapped it right on the head with the fact that, um, you know, there's that comparison as well. Um, I think with the word freelancer, the word free is in there. And so it diminishes, (laughs) even though it was, it's used for a different meaning altogether. I think the word free is, it kind of weakens that. um, And I don't, you know, I don't think you have to accept these labels put on you as a, as a, as a, as a creative or a brand designer, you can, you can call yourself whatever you want, but I mean, this is what we're tapping into that, you know, setting yourself apart in terms of what you want to be known for but more than that just use a person you know you don't have to accept these labels put on you and and then get into that mindset that as you said you you're a freelancer so you should take hourly rate you should take lower costs because that's what it's kind of expected for that label no you don't have to accept those things i've i've never put that on myself and said hey i'm a freelancer so i'm in this bracket but I think, you know, I think the, you know, definitely what you're saying about like follow, you know, follow for follow and having people, you know, having your feed full of similar people, you definitely get into that mindset of it, my, my industry's saturated mm-hmm. and it, it, it stops you thinking bigger than, than you could in terms of, you know, maybe comparing yourself um looking at other things and thinking well how do you know how do i fit in here or how can i cut through this noise and it can be a bit deciding but as you said yourself you have to have the courage it's courage that one needs to to you know to to put yourself out there to do scary things to break through your own personal barriers that you might set yourself um you know that's what our journey together has been like as well in our shared space that we're part of because i feel like 
that's been a journey of self-discovery in the Future Pro group for me with just getting to learn more about myself and what I stand for, who I want to work for and with. And I think you can only tap into that when you you do the the hard work yeah. and the, so ask those difficult questions, which you asked me earlier, like, <laughs> who is you? <laughs> what, what, what makes you tick, you know? And, you know, I, we can all say that sometimes when you, you know, when you look inside yourself, you know, there's things that come up and it's hard to, to pick, sometimes pick out the good things, but they're there. And, you know, um, you know, you have to be confident in yourself because you have to be your own champion. Yeah. And that's why I try and I'm good at doing that for others, but I definitely sometimes need to remember to do it for myself because, you know, you have to be your own champion. You have to be your own knight, if you will. And, um, and, you know, speak up for yourself. And as you said, don't put yourself in that box and keep yourself stuck with that narrative of like having to accept things to be a certain way when they don't have to be, but you have to do the work to think, more about yourself and how you set yourself apart from um the rest of the the noise out there because it is a very noisy place (laughs) especially on social (laughs) (laughs) definitely but if you want to take up more space i think that you do have to lean into yourself but the other part is that if you plan to scale and that's the the thing that you have to consider if you if you don't plan on scaling then sweetie own all of that personal brand But if you have plans to scale, then you need to use the brand to endorse uh, the personal brand to endorse the business brand, because you're going to grow this. You're going to partner with people, hire people or do whatever. And you want people to come for the work, not for Ilya, because if we get so caught up in this whole thing and people only depend on us, then they never want to see the company. And then also that limits you in in the way that you come on the scene. It's like if you come on as the founder of this whole designer uh, presentation designer, you're representing the brand over here, the bigger brand. So then you have to think use things like we and us and all of this kind of stuff when there is no we and us when I'm trying to get this across as part of my message. And so being able to separate your who from your do is is a is a necessary thing. But like I said, if you don't have plans to grow and scale beyond a business of one, then okay, how can I go all in on this personal brand? If you, if you don't want that weight, then you have to, you have to endorse the business. You know, I, I get to magnify this. And the the other thing that I tell my clients is that you get to own the personal brand. You get to take that to any other endeavor that you do, but this, this business brand, this is for everybody else. This is them saying, you know, I worked with, with, with the um, presentation designer, and it was magnificent. I work with the company and it was this because that's who they get to own. But when people feel like, oh, they want to be all up in your business and you're trying to own me and that that will never happen. And so you you make the distinction of, you know what, drawing these, these boundaries of, you know what, respect the game. This is how I play over here. Your personal brand is the expert. Your business brand is the vendor. So I I want people to depend on the vendor. Now, yes, I may be the only one working right now within my company, but I want you to rely on the vendor, not on the on the expert. I can tell you what it is. I can show you how it is and all that kind of stuff, but I need you to go to the vendor to get the work done. 
Because otherwise, as you try to grow and scale, everybody's like, well, I only work with you. No, you work with my company. I promise you, you're going to get the same level of whatever I gave you before. Because I, I'm, I'm depending on that. I would not have hired these people if I wasn't. But as long as you, you continue to have the focus on you, and I see a lot of people doing it when they name their companies after themselves. And it's, if you use a last name or first name, it can, it can shoot off. We got Oprah, we got Jordans and all of that kind of thing. But when you decide that, that is, if I was going to call it the Phyllis William Strader agency, yeah, no, I'm, I'm asking people to work for me. And now it's like, but everybody's looking at me like, oh, I'm the one at the end of the day, it's all me. They're just drones. That's disrespectful. Come on now. These people are doing the day-to-day -day stuff that keeps you paid. Respect the game. Mm -hmm. So is yeah. so. Do you think that you'll ever scale past a business of one, or do you want to stay a business of one? No, I love being a business of one. I think mm -hmm. I think there's, you know, I think also there's, and this comes from like this is something I've never really kind of got into, but I get it can easily fall into the trap of. But I think also when you think about your business, your own personal goals, I think there is this pressure from society, um, that hustle culture to do more and more and to to grow and you know mm -hmm. and be more successful. But sometimes it's again it's knowing what you what works for you because everyone's life's different, right? So not everyone has the same goals. I mean, um, you know, Every, everyone has different aspirations in terms of where they want to be in life and what works for one person is not going to work for another person. I mean, I used to back in the day when I first started, I, again, this comes from like, you know, f following what's expected of you or thinking like you have to fit into some type of box. So I did the, you know, when I started my business, I, you know, convinced myself I had to do nine to five. I had to work 60 plus hour weeks because if I wasn't, you know, I wasn't hustling hard enough and it, it completely burned me out. And I didn't enjoy, I didn't, I didn't enjoy that working pattern anyway. I'm a night owl. Um, I'm, I'm <laughs> nocturnal basically. You know, I come out at night and I'm I start, <laughs> I, I, I'm a bat. Yes. I, I come out at night and that's when my creative ideas come into my head. It's rather frustrating because I want to go to sleep at like midnight and then I have this really, you know, spark of, um, yes. creativity. And then I've just, I, it's better for me just to do it. But as, <laughs> as you know, with screens and whatever else, and, and mm -hmm. you use adrenaline as well when you're designing, um, that's an, another thing that, um, businesses who I crave don't realize, like, you know, you use a lot of like, um, your own internal energy when you're designing, it takes a lot out of you yeah. and you need to recharge. But if you're wired, like if you're really hyped about a design or you've just come up with a cool solution, you can't sleep <laughs> because yeah. you're too excited. <laughs> so I had to adapt and learn what works for me. And it's the same for anyone. You know, you have to be true to yourself about what your goals are. So for me, I always, you know, I'm happy being a business of one. I'm not, not ashamed to say I'm a business of one. I think mm -hmm there's some amazing work being happened i mean i i can see especially like in an industry i'm passionate about too um in video games i see these one you know one game crazes they they do the art they de develop the game and it's like one one person made this it's incredible wow. and sometimes that art and that work is as strong mm -hmm. as 10 people but i mean it, again it i think i don't think 
it matters to the person who is hiring is as long as the work's good and the delivery's right and you know they're getting the value from the project i think it's just it's a, it's kind of like um a perception that it's a bad thing to be just one person you know and i'll be honest i used to be ashamed to admit that you know i used to try and say well we are that you know that that kind of corporate speak we do this and it's us and i just stopped doing that after you know a couple of years because i just thought this is silly um I don't need to apologize that it's just, you know, one person yeah. um, company, you yeah. know, you, you need to be proud of that. The fact that you can do it. But again, I think it's to try and break through the idea of like hustle harder, you know, some people don't want to scale, you know, uh, yeah. not everyone can have, not everyone's cut out to have employees either. I mean, you have to be a certain type of person to be yes, able to handle do. that. Yeah, and I'm definitely not that type of person. <laughs> so I know I know myself well enough that I wouldn't do well um, in that in that situation. Um, so you know, I, we all have our skills, and mm-hmm. as you said before, it's like tapping into yourself. Like, what what are you good at? Like, what what's your superpower, if you will? Like, um, you know, what what can you help people with? Um, to facilitate things and again if you if you want to scale and that's something you want to do then all power to you but for me I'm I'm happy happy with where I'm at the moment yeah. very so yeah yeah and the other part that you have to look at with that is that how are you going to scale your income and your revenue and a lot of people they won't raise their prices accordingly which is sad because like oh well my clients are used to paying this but sweetie money has moved on inflation has happened. So whether your, your clients are happy or not, which is why you're continuously creating brand awareness. It's like your brand will get to a point of where it matures, but you still need to continue to create brand awareness because if some clients fall off because your pricing has changed, there are new people already aware of you and are ready to step in and take the place of those. Okay. Hey, I'll pay it. I'm fine with that price. So you have to stop holding on to old prices because you're afraid of losing old clients. One of the things um, I told someone I started kind of advocating for is because I don't appreciate being part of the future pro. I've met a lot of people in a lot of different countries and it it's brought to my attention, the amount of people, and I'm just going to say us because I live in the U S the amount of people in the U S that want to take advantage of creatives in other countries oh, I can get it cheaper. I saw a gentleman post a um, a um, a supposed review that he gave to someone on Fiverr or Upwork. I forget what it is. And he was, he was saying, oh, this guy is magnificent. I've never seen anything greater. And then he put the word in there that the guy was cheap. And that was like, come on now, seriously? And then you're going to follow that up with the story that he has a wife and a kid. And it's like, this, this is, this is, I forgot how we put it, but basically this is how you come up. This dude is cheap. So you can go charge more money. What kind of fuck shit is that? The man has a wife and a child and you're telling somebody that he's cheap because he's in another country. No, that, that does not fly with me anymore. If, if you're in a, if, if, if I send you to somebody that's in another country, you're going to pay some us prices. I'm sorry. Because especially if they're my clients. If they're my client, trust and believe. I already told them to raise their prices. Don't take that. No, we're not doing no $100 shit. If it don't have at least three zeros behind it, we're not doing it. 
because it's 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 offensive to me as an American person, and it's offensive that you would try to take advantage while you you sit over here and do all these fake ad luxury lifestyle shots. No, that shit don't fly. And so I'm I'm it's no different than when people t take advantage of freelancers. Stop mm. trying to take advantage of the cheap. And then it's like, okay, well, can I hire you to work in my agency? No, because you want to turn me into an hourly. And I just told you, I don't do hourly work. There's value in what I bring to the table. Now, this is the price. This is the how I package my pricing. No, you cannot pick it apart because I respect my business just like you respect yours. Respect the game. You would not have come to me if you did not expect to get a decent result. So respect the game. Oh, well, I'm shopping around. Shop away. And that's that's another thing. We gotta be we have to know our walking away point. And not enough people know yeah. their walking away point. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. I think I think that I think what you tapped into is is huge. And again, you know, I've been there many times. Like I didn't raise my prices for a number, a number of years. Um and I think if, you know, when somebody is shopping around, you've got to ask yourself, where do you actually want to play that game? Because if, if, if they come to you and they say, Hey, I'm comparing you against five other companies. Well, do you even want to submit a price to that? Do you want yeah. to be part of that? Like, do you know you're worth more to say, I'm not going to entertain that because it's not, you know, maybe you want to be considered in that quote, that's fine too. But you've got to, like you said, you've got to know when, when, it's to, you know, your value is being compromised. So yeah. if you feel that you're, you know, you're going in, you're going to have to go cheap to, or you feel that if you enter that process, that will force your mindset to think that you have to cut your prices or reduce your price or your offering to make it more appealable against mm -hmm. the other competition, then just don't do it. Don't just walk it. away from that and think this isn't for me. You know, I've, I've, I've taken myself out of that. And I, I definitely feel that you know, strongly that, you know, people should be paid their worth um, in terms of what they offer. And, and you know, and, it, it, you know, just from me personally, it's not easy being creative. Like no. when you have to think about solutions and ideas, it's a challenging job. And to like, make especially sure from the last client that you had. <laughs> yeah. And, then, and the one thing I will definitely like get on my soapbox about is time. You need time to think creatively. You can't mm -hmm. do it on the super con times creates you know this yeah. again i fell into this trap as well many many times many times and also not charging enough when those situations happened but if you're asked to do something in really quick tight turnaround time that requires more yeah. brain power more strength more expertise yes. more ability to just know the solution and you you can't often do that when you're starting out it's difficult to to work under that extreme pressure but on the flip side people buying that kind of service think just like i need it tomorrow asap yeah. you know i hate that word yeah. asap um <laughs> but you don't have to again you don't have to you don't have to fall into that and think yeah. well i've got to reduce my price cuz you know or i've got to do it quickly because it's that's the way mm -hmm. again if you want great work you know you need the space and time to think about it and yeah. um but again it's up to us as a community and industry to to um, raise expectations and also educate people about that so when they are buying creative services or branding 
you they understand what this means because you yeah. wouldn't you know i think i didn't coin this but i can't remember who said it but you wouldn't walk into a lawyer's office and start asking them why their rate is their rate <laughs> you know you don't even question it and same yes. with buying other services like yeah. um if you get your car fixed you don't go into a, a car a car um repair shop and say hey can you knock me 50 dollars <laughs> off my brake discs yeah. please because you don't even question it yeah. okay you might you might get a competitive quote to see mm-hmm. if you're not getting ripped off but you don't you don't start knocking them down for every part that they're putting into your car to fix it you just respect their expertise yeah um but That's in creative yeah we don't we don't do that it doesn't seem to work the same way in that industry so we definitely need to do some educating but then that it's also down to us as well as you said do you yeah. even play play you know in that space when you get yeah. asked to to shop around and, and be part of a quote of 10 yeah. Yeah. do you want to play i don't often For want real. to yeah because um and i know like we we all know people who are in the same circle and everybody has read um win without pitching mm. but even if if you have that capability and not enough freelance well let me just not call them freelancers not enough people who are a business of one market their business it's like they don't even know how to sweetie you're you're not a content creator but you do need to put some content out there or something so people can hear you so people can notice you you're asking for leads and how do you make more money you're not putting out anything to lead them to. And that needs to happen. And so we have all of these different issues and the, 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 it always comes back to how do I get more leads? That is, I promise you, this is across industry after industry, expertise after expertise. Everybody wants to know how to get more leads. Sweetie, you have to market the brand. And too often people try to market themselves. And that's when imposter syndrome kicks in. No, I'm not trying to market me. And is this like listening to you to say, listening to you say, um, charging your worth? No, stop charging your worth and charge for the work. So if you take the price tag off of you, you release that that personal thing of oh they're they're rejecting me. Mm-hmm. But then also you recognize that this work is valuable. They can't afford you because you know what you are priceless. But can you afford this work? Because this is the price for this work. So if I bring this to you, this is what it's going to cost. And and it's not everything needs to be justified. If somebody wants to pick apart your stuff, why am I justifying my price? Um, I told you Chris and I were having a conversation. Now, my prices aren't Chris Doe prices, but people will expect me to justify mine where they won't have a second thought about paying Chris his. I made when I was talking to him before, I made the comment that people have issue with the fact that I say fucking shit and all the cuss words, but they will crawl over my fuck shits to to get to Gary V, who does the same thing. So it's it's all a matter of perspective. And but so you have to recognize usually when people are out here with money in hand, they are price shopping. They already know that. The ones that come directly to you and no one else, they already know they're going to give you all their money. But the ones that are out there price shopping, sweetie, they already know how much money they want to spend. They're going to see who will, who will lower themselves to help them pay less. Don't lower yourself, but also know your walking away point. If this is your cutoff, don't, it, sweetie, uh-uh. It's why, why we, we talk about anchoring high 
Instead of saying my stuff is 25 to 5,000, my stuff is 5,000 to 25. Reverse it. So they know your top price. And I'm not going no lower than this. And when I get down to this lower part, trust and believe you're not getting all the value that you got at 5,000. So it's just understanding those things. But <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like what you said about like detaching yourself from the price. Um, so, you know, you don't feel like it's about you, your own self-worth, because I think you can get too caught up in that. Um, and I definitely think there needs to be a differentiation between the hats that you have in terms of your personal brand. And you talked about it, like your vendor or your mm -hmm. company, because I think that we, it's, you know, I've done it myself, like maybe, it's easy to neglect that the the company has its own brand as well. Mm -hmm. And you can have fun with that. You know, that yes. doesn't have to be something um too too stock or traditional. You know, you can, you can, you can, you can mirror the two, but knowing knowing when to separate, I think that's important as well. Yeah. Um, but it's I think you made a really, really salient point there, Phyllis, about not getting yourself attached. Like, so it's about you mm -hmm. because then it becomes personal and then you feel bad if you think, uh, well, they didn't, you know, they didn't see the 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 worth in me mm -hmm. when it's it's not just about that, it's about the the work and the quality yeah. that you'd be putting forward. Yeah. So I think that's a really, really important point. All right. Well, sweet, we're gonna go ahead and wrap this up because I think we yeah. could probably chat a little while longer. We've we been could, over an hour. <laughs> so any last things you want to tell? Tell people how to reach you, what you do, and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, if you enjoyed what I said or you want to learn more about me, um, you can find me on LinkedIn. So it's LinkedIn um, and then my name, which is Ilya uh, Fajestica. You can find me on Twitter as Ilya Presents. Um, I tweet a bit on there. And I also have um, uh, an Instagram page called Present Better, um, which you can you can find me on there under that username. So, yeah. All That's right. me. And then the presentation designer.co.uk. That is my company website. If you want to check that out. I love it. I love it. I'm telling you, I'm I'm loving these folks that's coming on here. I love my house guests. It is, <laughs> it is such a joy to just talk and have these conversations and, and just so people understand that being a business of one does not mean that you de deserve less money. But it does mean being proportioned to you to whatever it is and how you're pricing. But you do not de deserve less money. So that's mm. my thing. And, and so, thank you. go ahead. Sarah. Yeah, and, and the same. And thank you, Phyllis, for like raising the you know raising the awareness about 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 this and and getting people to think differently um and understand you know their their value that they're putting out there and thinking differently as a solo entrepreneur or not being as we talked about earlier to tap him back into the box idea not getting stuck in a box and putting yourself in one bracket and forcing yourself to stay there no you don't have to as you said yourself play yeah. that game yeah yeah so sweetheart learn to play the game on your terms that's that's why i do what i do and why i'm leaning into this Y'all, I promise you, I never thought my thought of myself as a person that does personal branding, but evidently people have pointed out to me that I am, and I, I accept that. So I'm cool with that. But it's with the understanding that I do this because I want you to be able to stand 10 toes down in everything that you do. I want you to show up confidently in how you come out, come out here and try to make your money. Don't go out here thinking that you have to pitch everything or that you have to chase down folks and all of that kind of stuff. You stand in your brilliance. And then you let that shit shine to attract the right people. 
And it's not about the competition. There's competition all up and through. It doesn't mean I have to focus on them. It doesn't mean that I have to find out what they're not doing so that I can go do it. I know what I do well. And that's all I need to know. And then I have to brand it and I have to market it. But when you're trying to, to, to brand and market some bullshit, you're trying to be that hype man, you're trying to chase some money, I ain't got time for none of that, for real. So y'all know <laughs> I, I got to go. So let me go ahead and blow this thing up. Five, bullshit happens. So suck it up. Four, your voice is important. So speak up. Three, you make the world a more beautiful place. So show up. Two, life is good. So buck up. And one, I love you and ain't a damn thing you can do about it. So shut the fuck up. Peace and hair grease, y'all. I'm out. All right, brand babies. We appreciate you stopping by because we know you got shit to do. Just remember to subscribe on your way out and bring a friend next time. Now, in the meantime and in between time, stay connected with GCB on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at GC Brand Mother. You can also follow Grandma's House on YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Pinterest. The links are in the description. So until next time, brand like it's nobody's business. <laughs>